We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social Podcast, bringing you this week's joy, humanity and sometimes heartbreak in sport. Sometimes. You have some big news. Big news at the Sports Social this week. So exciting. I, yes, I'm pregnant. <gasps> da, da, da. Fanfare. No, fanfare. Oh. No, delete that, Jace. That sounds oh, really wanky. What a start. <laughs> Trumpet. Um, Yes, I am pregnant with number four. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? We do not. We have never found out. However, for all the three girls, I have assumed that they're boys. You're really good at this. I have thought deeply that they were boys. Is that because you want a boy or is that just your vibe? Well before kids, I assumed that I was going to have two blonde head boys. Really? And now I have three brown head girls. <laughs> um, so it's funny because I assume that I'm having a boy <laughs> this time. Not learning from this, are you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, apparently there's a, a theory, a nub theory. I thought you were about to say there was like a 50-50 chance. And I was like, yes. Well, apparently it gets less and less as you have more girls. Oh. More of the same. I thought it was 50-50 every time, but apparently the more of the same gender you have, the less likely it is to have a different gender. Got it. But anyway, I saw a thing because, you know, that's my jam when I'm pregnant is to go and look at all the old wives' tales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a new one I've discovered is called the nub theory. Oh, I don't know if I want to know this. <laughs> it's just based off the ultrasound okay. and which way a particular part is pointing. Right. Yeah, so I think I'm having a boy, but uh, who, who's to say? I have gotten it wrong every time. So You are also now in the category of someone who can say thank you for listening to my TED Talk. I am. It's, you've had a big weekend. It's been a big weekend. It has. Yeah, that was really cool. I got to present at TEDx Brisbane. It wasn't exactly the way that I had kind of hoped and planned. Oh, no. What happened? Well, I was really... I've been really quite nauseous and really quite fatigued with this pregnancy. I mean, I have you have sent photos of <laughs> moments where you've vomited on yourself. And that's so fun when you're pregnant. It's so fun. God, I just worst. like it was in the car and I just well, I mean it's been multiple times, but that particular one that I sent you was in the car and I just had no chance of holding it in. But yeah, I uh, got to present my TED talk. It was through a pre-recorded video because I was really worried about vomiting on stage, which I don't think is the vibe that they would have been going for. It doesn't work with the red carpet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the red spot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was really lucky that I still got to present my idea, which was talking about body image in female athletes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Where can we watch this? Well, hopefully it'll be up on the TEDx. YouTube will be up soon. Fantastic. We'll put a link somewhere sometime. At some point. It's up. Well, I'll put it up on us. <laughs> it is relevant to the sports it social because it's, you know, about body image. And no, I, re- I, I haven't seen any of it or read any. I haven't seen any scripts or anything. So I have no idea and I really want to see it. So yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I am TED a, talker. I'm a TED talker. I'm a TEDx speaker. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> it's like an Olympian. Once an Olympian. Oh, God. An Olympian. Not, yeah, we did this last week. 
I How was your weekend? Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, it shouldn't all I be mean, about me. <laughs> Ten minutes in, but thank you for asking. <laughs> you had a big weekend Not too. <laughs> yes, we were down the Gold Coast with some friends doing the Gold Coast 25, which for me was less than 25 because we have been a house of COVID yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And my GP- I was like, harden up, Georgie, you'll be do fine. It. <laughs> like, whatever. And my GP very, um, was very considered and certainly didn't dismiss the idea, but he said, look, you know, go to the gym, go for a walk, but maybe don't run 25 kilometres and really- belt your body it sounds very sensible and I I thought okay that's good advice but I did still really want to go because it's something I'd trained for but I was also in two minds because when you go to those events you just feel so broken that you can't participate totally but I loved it it was just beautiful the setting uh on the southern gold coast around Coolangatta, Kira down to Rainbow Bay up to Balinga just Gorgeous Gold Coast mm. morning. It was a bit rainy to start with and it cleared off. And was so it too hot? No, which is amazing for December. Yeah. It's always a risk it's with that run. It's always a risk. But it was, it was just so good to be out and exercising. Because and the listeners may not know this, but this podcast was born last year when I we know. went and did – it felt weird not being there with you. I know. I desperately wanted to be there. Well, it was because we felt so inspired and uh, we realised that you can be very amateur like myself or quite Olympian as uh, as you are and still have a shared love of sport. Yes. And that's where it was born. The Sports Social was born that weekend. So thank you to the Gold Coast. Uh, yes, thank you to the Gold Coast. The Socceroos. This is heartbreaking. I didn't actually watch it. I was watching it on my Twitter feed. <laughs> Oh, you were word watching it. <laughs> I was. That's that's update, how I update update. That's how I consume sport a lot of the time is through is it? that medium. I know it's a dumpster fire of like Twitter is just a total. I had to th- ask you this morning if it still existed. I it, wasn't sure if Elon had just shut it down. Uh, not yet. It seems like it's spiraling towards that direction. But I still got to absorb the Socceroos, and they did so well until they didn't. I think it was always going to be a tough ask. I think what I love. Argentina. Oh, like it's a bit brutal. <laughs> Only the best player in the world who's having his 1,000th match. Yeah. If he wasn't going to bring it then, he yeah. wasn't going to bring it at any point in that World Cup. But from the commentary that I read is that in the last kind of 15 minutes, because it was like 2-0 to Argentina and then an incredible goal by Baldwin – in the like last 15 minutes, got us to 2-1. So everyone was like, oh, we're in it. We could do this. And then there was another attempt by the youngest player on the field. Mm, his name is Garang Cole. Yes. Only 18 years of age. So he's the youngest player to start in a World Cup since Pelé. It's amazing. In 1956. Jace is looking at me with eyes alarmed. <laughs> yeah, I think he was the first one. 58, to, 58 it was. He was the first, uh, sorry, the youngest player to get into the knockout rounds. There you go. Yes. So anyway, I saw that and then it was so, so close and he had an attempt but we just didn't quite get there. But apparently in that last 15 minutes, Messi, Lionel Messi, was just, he was under pressure mm. and apparently you could really sense that. I loved looking at all the footage of all the live sites around Australia. Yes. So Federation Square had been the, the sort of epicentre of external support in Australia. Mm. And I think all the other cities were like, oh, there's something there's something to this. Better do that. And I think, 
in Brisbane we had something like four or five thousand people in King George Square. Awesome. In Amy at Amy Park, which I'm pretty sure is in Melbourne, there were twenty thousand people sitting in an and otherwise, that was in South Australia. Oh, was that? That was incredible. Yeah, at, at like six o'clock in the morning, there was that. They many were sitting people in the grandstands with watching TV screens together. <laughs> like that's so cool. Oh. And Sydney had a massive turnout as well, which yeah. is really uh, awesome. To so see. I think it's definitely reminded Australians how much soccer is actually part of our culture. And I mm. guess there was an interesting comment made on the weekend and it was it, it was referencing cricket and I w- we'll talk about that a l- little bit later and how we've just been saturated in so much cricket mm. and 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 is there something about a scarcity of sport that makes it truly special and because the world cup really only comes around every 4 years and that's it yeah there's there's no modified versions of it or anything like that that's why the olympics are so good <laughs> The no. Olympics also, Look, yes. I'm super biased. I get it. But, like, really? Yeah. It comes around every four years. So when it comes around, it's truly special. We come together. We, you know, get up early, get up in the middle of the night, yep. get behind our teams. And is that what's lacking in some of these other sports? Yeah. It's boring. Uh, Just watch f- them every weekend. <laughs> a few cool <laughs> facts. It's the first time three teams from the Asian Federation have got into the round of 16. Wow. So South Korea, Japan and Australia. That's amazing. And the Asian Federation is typically a weaker federation apparently. Mm. I also love, I find this fascinating, that Japan when they go to watch a game, the spectators will then clean up their own mess. I saw that. That was amazing. They genuinely walk around with plastic bags collecting all their rubbish. That's part of their process. Wow. (laughs) It's actually so really, Japanese. I love that. But that's just so nice. It's so respectful. It well, exactly, and it's so so culturally yeah. reflective of how they operate in the world of sport. Amazing. And then there's a Korean player, and I'm 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 so sorry. I'm not going to get his name right. I think I would pronounce it Chu Gu Sung. Mm. And when he started the tournament, he had twenty thousand Instagram followers. Two games and three goals later, or maybe three games and two goals later, he has one point six million followers <laughs> well his insta's blown up He's hasn't it <laughs> that's awesome i think for me the i love watching the game and i've really come to appreciate that soccer not much happens but so much happens mm. and then you might get a goal but you might not mm. and but when you when there is that goal in the game whoever may be playing it's so rewarding because you've had to sit there and just watch it go back and forth and move and you know, shuffle around in so many attempts. And when a goal actually comes around, you're like, oh, that was incredible. <laughs> Nailed but I it. also loved reading all these little stories and getting to know the, the journeys of these little countries or big countries or not necessarily traditional soccer, com- uh, football, my apologies, countries in getting to. <laughs> we to, don't want to offend the soccer fans. Oh, I mean, I, football oh, fans. People, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's, I mean, again, that's the joy of these big events, right? Yeah. I have a question though. And it's one of those things that I feel like I missed it at some point in my sporting knowledge collection. And now I can't ask anybody because I just should know. Mm. But why do the goalies wear a different coloured outfit? Why is it the different, why is it a different colour to the... So they know who it is. But they're standing in the goal, like... Is that is that it? And why is it purple? Like, why is Australia's goalie I mean, purple, purple? Purple is weird. Or grey. 
Oh, Jace, Jace is preparing to, <laughs> to let us know. I've played soccer for like 20 years. <laughs> As our soccer oh, correspondent. flex. <laughs> Don't I know a lot about it? Step on so in, Jace. A goalie wears a different colour because in a situation like a corner kick or a close penalty or something like that, he's the only one that can use his hands. Oh, and so if you had him, because uh, they always wear long sleeves, and they well, they don't always, but don't they, they okay. but they also wear gloves. <laughs> they have been, but I don't think gloves are enough to differentiate in a for really the, busy environment like for a the corner. ref. Yeah. So why would Australia choose purple? They could so a goalie can choose any color, or there's. I would assume he would choose his own jersey. Oh, no, they would have a uniform. So, yeah, no, yeah, maybe Australia just chose purple. There's just no consistency around of how it happens, but anyway. I'll tell you what, some of the Australian outfits that have been used at big competitions are shocking. I really think we should put a lot more effort into how we look when we play. (laughs) So, Jace, I did a whole presentation on Saturday about body image (laughs) and athletes. No, no, it's not about body image. This is attire. This is, yeah, this is attire. This is fashion. Screams. Hansel, so hot right now. So hot right now. But we, we, we weren't happy with the Australian cricket team with their outfit, which was trying – it was almost – they took on a, like a New Zealand aspect to their kit. It is weird. I think just stick with the green and gold. I know what you mean. There's been a couple that have been like army camo almost level. Camo's kind of cool. I'm really into golf right now, guys. <laughs> Wait, if another look, flex. If you look at Cam Smith – in the Olympic get-up as their golf outfit. Just have a quick Google of that now. Mm. It's shocking. Is it? Yeah, I, it I'm, doesn't I, look cool at all. Can I? I'm, and usually golf attire looks pretty cool. Oh, no. Oh, it's like shorts oh. and a polo shirt. I mean, to be fair, that's just the Olympic get-up. Like, that's literally what the Olympics That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that's Ooh. hurtful, Jay. 2032, let's do better. <laughs> Is he wearing tracksuit pants? No, I think he's wearing no, they're shorts. shorts. Yeah, look. Oh, dear. Oh, tuck the shirt in. <laughs> he's got to tuck the shirt in. He's got his visor. It is hard to wear canary yellow well. Yeah. It is quite a strong colour. I feel like I looked good in it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hard colour to pull off, though, for, I for most it. people. It's just reason number 482 <laughs> as to why I was not able to become an Olympian. <laughs> Athletic ability <laughs> being probably points one Also 10. couldn't pull off fluoro yellow. <laughs> fluoro yellow, not my vibe. I read this story the other week in a beautiful sports magazine about an Australian ocean swimmer. And even though chaos was unfolding in my house, I was like, guys, just, you know, <laughs> haven't you got something to do? Go and find it. Uh, while I read this article about Australian ocean swimmer, Lauren Tischendorf, who recently swam around Lord Howe Island and it it was a Guinness World Record uh, attempt. What do you say? A Guinness World Record attempt? Achievement? She did it. Oh, she's she's a Guinness World Record holder. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) Every part of me is wanting to not say that I was a Guinness Book of World Record holder. (laughs) Were you? (laughs) Yeah. For what? Swimming. Oh! I don't know if you know this, but I used to swim good. Did you tell us all the time? <laughs> I was in it once and I was really excited because I used to collect Guinness Book of World Record books. 
You didn't. I did when I was like 10. Oh, Libby. Yeah. All right, let's speak to someone who actually owns a current Guinness World yes. Record. Do you own a record? Has a world record. Not anymore. Guinness she, World well, Record. Well, she owns it, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Can I start off by asking what made you think <laughs> why? <laughs> I know. I keep thinking that. I, I guess it was a combination of I'd been doing enough training and it was COVID lockdown and trying to get out of the little bubble that was New South Wales. And it's like where on the map I knew the distance that I could comfortably swim. And I thought, well, where can I find somewhere that's adventurous within New South Wales where I could do that kind of a distance? And I'd already been a few weekends with some girlfriends swimming from Palm Beach on the northern beaches all the way down to Little Bay, past Maroubra. So I'd kind of done the coastline and I thought, where else can I go? So yeah, I kind of did did some map searching and yeah, I found Lord Howe Island and I was like, it's a really cool island. It's got its own unique biodiversity um, and it's beautiful and it's within the state country. So I could get there. I love (laughs) that this was a COVID inspired So how did you prepare for it? You said you're already, I mean, (laughs) swimming a really long way in my opinion. (laughs) How did you, like, how did you prepare for that particular goal? Yeah. I I guess a lot of it was, um, I I kind of, closer to the time I increased my mileage, more so hours in the water. So going, you know, sort of two or three hours to like, six hours in the pool and in the ocean mainly, just lap of Bondo Bay, which can be quite fun and also quite boring and tedious, but, you know, kind of better than looking at a black line for that length of time. So I did I, I increased my um, mileage basically and I just did a whole lot of research and sort of getting to the island, some of the restrictions that you have with boats and that kind of thing, you know, the laws of marathon swimming. Um, so... It was, I guess, a little bit of logistical work, but from a training point of view, I was already kind of doing the mileage that you would need if you wanted to swim the English Channel. That's, you know, the group I was training, the squad I was training with, lots of people were training for the English Channel. So it kind of all sort of fitted in, I guess, from a distance point of view. So, yeah, just some long hours, lots of time in the pool. So it was 32.2 kilometres, is that right? Yeah, there's, there are, there's some variance, variances on the distance, but yeah, that's, what is that? And how long did that take you? It took way longer than I needed to. Um, it took me just short of 14 hours. Wow. Um, but I frustratingly got stuck at a point and I was swimming backwards oh. in a terrible, for two hours and I just, it was one of those things where you kind of know in open water swimming, you know you're going to come across currents and they can be a pain, you know, and you can sprint through them and hopefully get through them or take different angles. But you kind of just have to succumb to the fact that you just got to take yourself for two hours. I mean, wow. Which is horrible. And it was annoying because it, it increased the length of time um, that I was in the water. It should have taken me based on my training and what I, what I was set to do all things equal and even, um, it should have taken me about nine hours. So, wow. you know, that extra almost five hours was hard. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it makes, it makes, it makes for, it, you know, it deserves swim, I think. 
Lauren, tell us about the wildlife that you came across on this little adventure. Oh, so I guess in the middle of the ocean, you know, lots of birds. There were, you know, a number of different sharks. And, you know, I knew that there were going to be sharks around, but they just, yeah, mainly Galapagos sharks, which are um, sort of native to that area, I guess. But, and, you know, there were some other curly sharks. And then, you know, it was like a sh- tiger shark and that was close. And, <laughs> Good. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's just, it was just, you know, and, and, and it sounds awful, you know, just to palm it off like that. But I guess when you're in the ocean, you're going to see sharks. But there were just lots of them, and they were they were they were around at the point where I didn't need them when I was swimming backwards and exhausted. Ooh. So yeah, it was just like a comedy of errors. There was wind, there was sharks, there was currents. I just swimming backwards. I couldn't take any nutrition on, so it was just yeah, two hours of just a comedy. Of so, so I'm sure you know they weren't just hanging around waiting for you to just you know become completely exhausted. <laughs> and I'm sure at one point I thought they were they just they were so you know they were so close and there were lots of them you know I was counting and you know letting my the crew knew know that how many I'd spotted and I got to twelve and I'm like I'm done counting now this is just like no more <laughs> no one needs to know there's just lots of them and they're following me um, because the water is the most amazing color they were like it's like fluorescent neon with water and these grey sharks were just popping out of you so they were there but you know it was yeah and did you stop taking yeah. on nutrition because you didn't want to stop in amongst the sharks, sharks? yeah because they were getting closer and because it was an area where you know fishing boats had been they were used to you know things being thrown in the water and pulled back out so cool. they were getting a little bit agitated and my mum was doing the nutrition and the feeding and I could see that she was struggling because I would ask for things and then you know if I wanted a Vegemite sandwich and then I got something totally different yeah. it was like okay everyone is struggling so and I sort of had enough I felt nutrition I was like cool in. I thought I can actually, like I can go for a while with not having anything. So it's just, you know, when you're trying to troubleshoot with a whole lot of things going on, you kind of, you know, it's easy enough to put put aside those things that, you know, you don't kind of need. So, yeah. I have to assume then that you really do love it because I do. there were so many opportunities <laughs> where you could have said, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. And I've got lots of good reasons to get out of the water right now. I know. and I, But I also think I'm just, stupidly stubborn um you know and I I said well I'm here and I'm doing it and it you know it had been such a quick turnover to get to the island because you can only the island can only have a small number of people on the island at one point so it was a mission to even try and get four beds on the island for that week in that window so it was my window to do it and that was the only time I could do it so I'm like damn if I don't finish this yes but, you know, it was, it was absolutely magical. You know, it, I was devastated to be swimming at night because I kind of hadn't really prepared too much for that. But it was just incredible because they had a, a lamp, you know, in the water and you could, and I was swimming across the reef um, towards the end and it was just magical and being, turning over because I do feel backstrokes to, you know, stretch out my shoulders. And the night sky was just, it was incredible because, you know, there's no light pollution. Mm not much happening and it was I mean it was it was really special so 
Yeah, the tough parts do bring the good parts. As yeah, I mean, look, you, you're selling it a little bit with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think everyone should do an accent, but yeah. it's going to be in a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, I don't think doing it in the English channel would be no, very... Slam. No, bingo. Yeah. So have you got any other plans now, like any other big goals? Yeah, I've been working towards a big one early next year, but it, it's significantly bigger. It requires a whole lot of more extra um, funds and, you know, fundraising for that. Um, so it's just, it's a slow, it's a slow burn. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And Lauren, you're obviously very passionate about ocean swimming and it's something that you are involved in at a community level I saw that you did the Bondi to Bronte over the weekend is is swimming every Sunday at a different beach down in Sydney is that part of your routine it definitely is part of you know my exercise it's part of my social life it's part of getting to see different things that you might not see if you were just swimming you know laps in a pool or you were going for a splash or a surf so it, it hits a whole a number of different elements I guess you know most people are really encouraging and supportive and you know which is great because if you're stuck in surf or there's a shark hanging around you want to know you've got good people around you yes yes you <laughs> always <laughs> always you need you need the good people and you know our open water swimming community is definitely a big part of that I think that would be one of the great things about this swim is I've just had the chance to meet other incredible athletes, but also female adventure athletes. Yeah, They're a yeah. small group of us. And, um, you know, we all have the same struggles, even though we have a, you know, it's in our unique sport. Um, yeah, and it's cool. It's amazing um, what women are getting out there and doing at the moment. It's, yeah, that's exactly really cool. what we're all about here at the Sports Social. <laughs> Yay, so thank you. And which is so cool. Thank you. You're so welcome. Good luck. All right. We'll be Enjoy the rest of your day. Yay. You too. Thank you. Bye, Bye Lauren. Bye. She's amazing. Ocean swimming is not for the faint-hearted. So we did a cold classic, didn't we? Yeah. That was my first ever ocean swim. Ah. And I got out and. You know, I felt tired from having swum. I think it's a 2K mm. swim. But what hurt most were my hands and my fingers, which is weird for swimming. That is weird. And that's because I'd had my hand like at this really sharp angle <laughs> to put it into the water every time I did a freestyle stroke. But I'd held it so stiff because, because of the I sharks? was terrified. <laughs> that was where I was channeling my fear. And I got out and I was like, why is my thumb so sore and it was because I was just like just put your hands in the water and look down but maybe close your eyes I just I'm in awe like I love ocean swimming I have it's taken me a really long time to kind of get used to it because I really prefer lane ropes <laughs> and like 27 degree water but um, I do, I do love ocean swimming it's it's really magical to be in nature Yes. The shark element does scare me a little bit, but I do I, I I'm getting more and more used to that. You just gotta kick those legs faster. That's the only yes. thing. And always make Stay sure with you're the swimming pack. with someone. <laughs> you just have to outswim one person, right? <laughs> it's really survival of the fittest. Literally. <laughs> literally. But no, it's it's a magic sport. And I think if you're not into running which, you know, I find running hard. I, I do like to participate, but I find it hard. Swimming is just such a beautiful option because it is a really beautiful community. You can literally do it for 
your entire life. Mm. And it's, yeah, I, again, I'm a little biased. But. So cricket, Australia beat the West Indies at the first test in WA. Dismal crowds. But maybe cricket could learn something from soccer about scarcity of scheduling. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, surfing, three Aussie women qualified for the WSL World Tour. Macy Callahan, Molly Picklum, and Sophie McCulloch in and her rookie year. Sophie McCulloch is, yeah, that's her rookie year. So that's huge. That's amazing. We also had a couple of Aussie men who qualified as well. Yeah, very good. Well done, ev- well done, everybody. But the big story over the weekend is the marathon. And, the, and this was not my marathon or partial <laughs> marathon or partial half marathon. <laughs> half of a half. A half of a half of a half. <laughs> Brett Robinson broke the Australian marathon record with a run that was 20 seconds faster than the record that Rob DiCostello held. So he'd held that record since 1986. Whoa. And Brett Robinson completed the marathon. And I just do the maths when you listen to this. It's mental. He did the marathon in two hours, seven minutes and 31 seconds. That's insane. What is the maths on that, Georgie? You're the resident accountant. No, but this is hard, this sort of maths. This is it's less You said do the maths. I meant I meant to the (laughs) listeners. Like they have access to calculators (laughs) and their own intelligence. It seems very brains. It's fast. It's really fast. If we were to try and do that on a treadmill, we would not be able to keep up with that pace. So that was amazing marathon achievement number one on the weekend. And then we had a second marathon record fall over the weekend. I know, Sinead Diver. I mean, the Aussie women's marathon running is just really having a moment between Sinead Diver, Jess Trengrove and um, Eloise Wellings. Stunning. These women are smashing Unbe- it. Unbelievable. So well done, Sinead. You broke the Australian <laughs> – just so you know. She knows. <laughs> just so you know, Sinead, you broke the Australian record. I think it was two hours 21. Oh. So fast. Uh, and she's incredible. She didn't start running till she was 35. After kids, wasn't it? Yeah. So she's only been running for maybe a 10-year period and she's just broken the Australian there's, record. There's hope for us yet, Georgia. We will never. I mean, I there's love your positivity. Thanks. This, <laughs> you need, yeah, we need all that positivity. We need optimism. I think our participation is right up there. That's the real winner. That's the winner here. <laughs> Two quick things. What do you uh, – What do you want to tell me about? Uh, My quick thing is Valtteri Bottas, who is, for those who don't remember, is an F1 driver from Finland. He has signed a deal with VB Beer, which I'm not a promoter of, drink responsibly, all of that sort of stuff. But the ad is actually very funny. Very Australian. I liked it a lot. I'll go and watch it. Do it. My quick thing is that this week I'm going to watch a Netflix documentary called The Swimmers. Yes. I also want to watch that. Which I was crying in the preview. Yeah, the trailer. That. So that is definitely on my to-do list. And I will also be watching Argentina play. That's the third thing, Georgie. Oh, <laughs> I, look, just let me have it, all right? It's, allow- it's I'll allow it. But we have named it two quick things. <laughs> Seems like we haven't landed on Just go and watch Argentina play Netherlands. <laughs> Should be a good match. Okay, bye. Okay, okay bye-bye. As always, if you like what you hear, which I mean, obviously, if you've gotten to this point in the show, we're delighted that you, you're still here. You Thank must you for listening. Like us on some level. <laughs> so please find, try and follow us on social media. That would be amazing at the Sports Social Podcast. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Yeah. All those things really help us to 
be, be found. Be found for other people to find us. And if your friends go, oh, I don't know how podcasts work, take their phone and show them the podcast app and oh, hit subscribe to our podcast. I mean, you can show them others. That's fine. But that's also start fine. with us. Yes. Thank you. First and foremost. Please and thank you. <laughs> Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.